awesome. No, yeah. So Hen and I didn't. We didn't come from. Uh, we didn't come from church. It uh, it took somebody speaking into our lives, inviting us out uh, to do something. So it's a community is so important. Uh, fellowship is so important, and um, and our testimony is going to share a lot about that. Um, and looking back, we see that what God has chosen as God was uh, building so many things in our lives um, to to get us to where we are now, to get us to um, what we're we're going to accomplish uh, for God. And um, it, um, God chose people uh, to come in and impact our, our lives. Um, so, so the impact was incredible, and, uh, and we can see that we've been anointed. We can see the, uh, that God continues to share uh, his testimony in our lives. And so um, God guides our choices, um, but we're still choosing them. Choosing uh, what to do, choosing the, the Christian way, the narrow uh, way is very difficult. Um, just like uh, Paul's encouragement to Philippi, uh, we chose to press on to the goal. Or Paul's final reminder to Ephesus, um, we chose to take up the helmet of salvation in the sword of the Spirit. Um, so we have an invitation. We have an invitation daily from Jesus um, to take up his light, even and gentle yoke and learn from him. But the way that yoke works is together. I can't pull uh, my own weight. I can't pull anybody else's weight. God can't pull uh, the weight without me. So the way that, that gentle yoke works is together. Um, and we, if we don't choose the, the gentle yoke, we're defaulting it to be difficult, right? Um, so it's, it's an incredible uh, thing to, to choose that gentle way. But choosing to be a Christian is not easy. It is hard. Uh, the narrow way, like I said, is not easy. Um, being a Christian is a constant pursuit of knowledge. We, we talked about that again this morning. Um, being a Christian is a constant pursuit of knowledge, a constant pursuit of loving our neighbors and, and seeking that communion and fellowship, um, understanding ourselves, uncovering past pain, and uh, understanding those roots and building and strengthening um, what remains with God for him to purify our hearts and ways. So the book of the Bible that hooked me really first was uh, Romans. Um, so Romans 12, 2, do not conform, renew. Romans had all the answers uh, for me as a new Christian, like um, who is righteous? What happens to the righteous? God's gift. Who judges? What happens to those who judge? What is faith, love, grace, and peace? What does it mean to be dead to sin? What does it mean to be like Jesus? So Romans was an incredible uh, thing for me to, to find a ton of those answers as I was first starting. Um, so we decide, we commit daily, Hannah and I, uh, every day to put on the full armor for offense. Uh, seeking information, opportunity, life, love, and God to shape us more and more. So our story, our story isn't done. It's powerful. It's deeper than we're about to share today. But um, what we will share today is a testimony of God's work and a glimpse of what God has been doing um, and accomplishing through us and setting us up for. Um, so as Dan said earlier, my name is Hannah. Um, I hail from Rockville, Ontario. I lived there my whole life. Um, I didn't necessarily grow up attending church. Uh, my first real experience uh, with church uh, was attending a Roman Catholic church with my grandma. Um, and at the time, I was pretty young, and all I really remember is some weird language. Um, I'm not, like, defacing Catholicism and Catholicism. It's just what I remember is just a weird language and... Um, 
like I just didn't understand a whole lot of things that were going on. Um, and we attended there a few times when we were staying with my grandma and um, sometimes for holidays and stuff like that. And then somehow I ended up playing Mary in the Christmas pageant. I <laughs> so yeah, that was basically my first experience with church. I didn't really understand a whole lot. We didn't necessarily go a whole lot growing up. Uh, my parents sort of went to church a little bit when they were kids, but it just wasn't something that they were super rooted in at the time. So my first experience with church um, was when I was nine years old. One of my friends at school invited me to this program called Clubhouse at Brockville Wesleyan Church, and I was like, cool, more time to spend with my friends. Sounds good to me. Um, so my parents took me, and I was hanging out with my friends, and it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, we sang songs, um, we got to have snacks, and we listened to really cool Bible stories. And this lady, um, her name is Miss Marples, if you've ever met her. Um, she has the most amazing accent, and I could have listened to her all day, every day. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun, and the people there were so nice. Um, and it was just like a really fun time to hang out with my friends. Um, I mean, at the time, I didn't really understand um, the value of this invitation. Um, this random friend asked me, I didn't understand the value of that invitation. And I mean, eventually that invitation really did transform my life. So that was super cool um, for me. And approaching the summer when I was nine, they were talking about camp at Silver Lake. Um, at the time, Brock Wesleyan ran a camp there. And I was like, well, this is fun, so let's go to camp too. <laughs> so my parents got me signed up for camp um, at Silver Lake. And it was my first time ever going to camp. Before that, I really didn't get involved in anything. I just did my thing, hung out with my friends, and that was about it. <laughs> um, so I went to camp that first summer, and I was just absolutely captivated. I loved the place. There was just um, so much energy there, and just a real feeling of peace. Um, looking back, I can like recognize that at the time. I just kind of felt like the really only place, one of the few places that I could just be myself and be my true self there. Um, so yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing to attend there. So I kept going to clubhouse. I kept going to camp um, until I was about 13, and then I aged up to youth. Um, and at this point, I was kind of just going through the motions, singing the songs, doing the dances. And I was listening during the Bible stories. Um, but at the time, I didn't really understand the depth of the Bible stories. You know, at the time, they were just kind of really cool stories. And I was just not really having that deep connection. Um, but that summer, when I was 13, I was at high voltage camp. Um, we call it something different now, but it was just a junior high camp at the time. And I remember sitting in the tabernacle at the lake and just feeling such a deep um, like presence within me. And at the time, I was really confused. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I was really confused. Um, I was almost a little bit frightened. And I talked to my counselor about it. And she um, kind of told me about the Holy Spirit and what it feels like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so she was super influential in my life. And she walked me through um, what it meant to be a follower of Jesus and how to accept Jesus. So that night, I decided to accept Jesus. And I was so excited. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just, like, so ready to keep going. Um, and the next summer, I was finally old enough to help out with the Brockville Wesleyan Kids Camp, so I got to junior council, and I was only 14, so I was probably too young, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I was a junior counselor, and I was just having so much fun, and that week, I decided I was ready to be baptized, so I got baptized at Silver Lake when I was 14, um, and it was just... There's just something so bittersweet about coming out of the water. And I know that's a really big thing that they talked about in the Bible, is just coming out of the water being so renewed. Um, 
and it was it was amazing. It kind of brought me back to that feeling when I was the year past in the tabernacle. It was just amazing. <laughs> um, so like I said, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily take in the Bible stories the same way, um, but there was one verse that really, really stuck out for me, um, and that's James 1, 1 22. So it's, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Um, and at the time, it was kind of the biggest thing that I tried to live by. Um, even though I didn't necessarily understand the word, looking back, it kind of seems a little funny. But, but I was ready. I was doing, um, doing the things um, that the Bible said to do. So at this point, I was old enough to go to youth. And in the six years I was in youth, we had about five or six youth pastor changes. So that was challenging. I mean, they were all great youth leaders and all ready to transition into something new afterwards. But um, it was kind of challenging navigating the changes of all that. And camp kind of became that constant place for me. Um, and if you've ever been to summer camp or some sort of retreat of sorts, you know the spiritual high that often comes from those things. Um, and for me, I would kind of ride that high kind of as long as I could, and then eventually it would sort of fizzle out. And I guess what you could really say is I was one of those, like, lukewarm Christians, you know. I went to church. I helped with Sunday school um, and did all the, all the things, you know. I actually even read the Bible cover to cover because um, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I'm not saying it's not a good thing to do. <laughs> um, but I just did it because I thought that's what I had to do. Um, so I was just kind of doing the things. But I didn't have that fire in me, that deep connection with God at the time. So I kind of felt like, like I didn't really have a testimony at the time, you know, at camp and in different things. They talk about these people who have like these crazy testimonies, these big stories of coming from hardship and um, coming through all these things. And I didn't really have that. I mean, I was grateful that I didn't, but I didn't. And for some reason at the time, I felt like that meant that I didn't, I wasn't able to have a deep connection with Jesus because I didn't have that. Um, so I don't remember the exact summer it was. It might have been a collide weekend. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but there was this sermon that um, the speaker was preaching, and it kind of just kicked me in the butt. <laughs> and it said, no, that is not how it goes. Um, God doesn't care about, um, about any of like he cares. But it doesn't matter where you come from or what your story is or any of those things. Once you decide to accept Jesus, he is yours and you are his. And you're a child of God. And none of your story, doesn't matter how big or how small, um, you're, you're a child of God. So um, at looking back, it sounds so simple. But back then, I was like, wow, okay. I am ready. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm redeemed. I am, I am renewed. I am all these things. And I was just, I had such a purpose of identity back then. And I was, I still do now, but <laughs> it was just super amazing. And um, yeah, so I was very grateful for that. And then I was getting ready to graduate high school. And all my friends were applying to different programs and different schools. And they were all so sure of everything. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where I want to go. Um, but I also knew I didn't want to commit to something that I wasn't sure about. So I decided to take a victory lap. And at the time, I was considering if I was going into ministry, uh, going into science, or going into social work. 
three very different things, but yes. <laughs> so those are kind of what I was going through at the time. Um, but I was really struggling then because I felt like if I wasn't going into ministry, somehow I wasn't serving God. Again, I, know, I don't know where these ideas came from when I was a kid, but <laughs> that's what I felt like at the time. And um, so January 2015, I was in my victory lap of school. I went to Nicaragua on a missions trip. And it was so life-changing. If you've ever been to a different culture, whether it's on mission or not, it's just, like, so, so amazing to be in a different culture and a different belief, or not belief, but a different um, way of living. Um, and I just, I learned so much. There are so many things I could probably talk about that I learned in my faith there. But one of the things that I really learned is it doesn't matter what you do or like the job that you do or any of those things. What matters is that you live like Jesus and you live your life according to, um, according to that. So it was just like kind of another one of those times where it's like, oh, it is simple and it is okay and I am a child of God and what I do is important at some, on some level, but it doesn't define me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> once again, <laughs> I'm reminded of that identity, and it's, uh, as I keep going later on, you'll probably notice a, a little bit of a theme there, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just so, so alive when I came back, and, um, I decided to go into social work, and I was just super excited for what was next, um, yeah, so that summer, I ended up working at camp for a couple weeks, um, Kyle will kind of share a little bit about how that went for us. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pause my story here and pass it back over to Kyle. Yeah, and um, for me growing up, I, I went to 11 different schools. I moved in and out of uh, 20 homes. My mom had me when she was 17. I grew up around all types of abuse. We, uh, we were in and out of the women's shelter. Uh, I had a couple different dads, a couple moms. I'm the oldest of my eight siblings. We didn't go to church with my mom, but for a few years we went every other weekend with my dad and his girlfriend. Um, we believed in God. We believed in always doing good, um, always being honest, and even saying our nightly prayers for a few years. Um, mom was a licensed child care provider for uh, two counties growing up. Um, I grew up always caring for kids, always around kids. Um, and all this to say, though, I... I always had food, I always had, um, we always had trips away, we always had um, everything we needed and more. In spring 2013, though, I was, I was 15, I, I liked the girl at school who was a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, for lunch breaks, she would teach me through uh, lessons and books, and uh, for months I listened, I studied, and uh, I finally accepted her invitation to go to her JW church. Um, and I went two Sundays in a row that spring. My mom, by the end of it, though, she wasn't super thrilled. She said, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate anything, uh, so I never get to see my kids in a cute Halloween costume or glow from Christmas tree lights. So, yeah, that's my mom. She's a sweet lady. Then uh, summer came. Uh, we, didn't hang, we didn't hang out, uh, and the spiritual rush sat back for a bit. Uh, November 2013, that same year, mom woke us up one morning and said, we're going to church. And it kind of came out of the blue. It, uh, I was pretty excited. I didn't know where we were going. Um, uh, I was just, I was hungry for anything, actually, at that time. 
So we cleaned up, we dressed up, and uh, walked into Dundalk Wesleyan that Sunday morning to meet Pastor Alan Vardy and the congregation for the first time. I was immediately captivated by uh, the worship, by the, the sermons, by the, uh, the community um, that they had created there. I became a big note taker in church. Um, every service I still do to this day take lots of notes, and I save them at home. Uh, by May 2014, uh, that following spring, uh, my family was invited and accepted the call to be baptized. Um, so it was re- really cool we did that all as a family, um, but we had individual counseling meetings um, before we got to do that. And um, in my meeting, it was very difficult for me. Uh, a lot of things came up. We pulled up past trauma, trauma that helped uh, create my struggles and weaknesses at that time. Uh, I cried and stumbled through what was supposed to be a two hours turned into four or five. And, um, and some things I buried, some things I didn't realize knowing was hurting me at that time. And some things I wrote off and said they won't haunt me or they won't hold me back and that I was too strong. Uh, so as a new believer born again, uh, those first few years were, were not easy. Uh, I struggled more. I let Satan scratch the door and scratch after scratch, not paying close enough attention uh, to see if the door was still closed. Those first years being a Christian at 16, I was still living in uh, all that sinful trauma I wasn't dealing with properly. And uh, it was tough. I, I wasn't, it wasn't when I moved out on my own at 18 um, that things got better. It wasn't uh, when I found my own church apart from my family. Uh, it wasn't even when Hannah and I got together. Um, it took deep digging uh, and studying and years of really good information, really, really good digging practices, and, uh, and really, really good uh, dead-end ditch conversations um, with God to get better. And it's still a battle. It's, it's still a war. Uh, to keep that armor of God detailed and, uh, and repaired. But it's a decision. Um, God chose me, and I seek uh, to, to talk to him more and more. So that summer after we were baptized, uh, Dundalk Wesleyan sponsored the Hilltop Villa. It's one of the nicest spots in camp to stay at Silver Lake um, for our family, uh, for family camp. So they sponsored that, that place for us and the registration for our family to Family Camp 2014. And uh, my brother and I spent some extra time there uh, before and after with a family friend. And by the end of our time, we were invited to come back for the rest of the summer. We, we accepted the invitation and came back. And that was the first summer Hannah and I met unofficially. I, I was dating a girl back home, and, uh, and so I hadn't noticed her. But we found each other on social media that uh, following spring uh, and began talking about I, 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 oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minor details, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. It. Uh, that's okay. No, that's great. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, so we started talking in 2015 about our our lives and dreams. Uh, and coming out of high school, for me, grade 12 um, in 2015, I still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, like most most folks, um, my ideas back then were to study to be a pastor because that's what people were telling me to do, um, or applying to be a diesel mechanic for the Canadian military, which was kind of what I was working towards. And uh, but neither were super pressing opportunity uh, right in front of my face options. So I went back to Silver Lake for my second year in a row. 
I, I did ride that Christian uh, high summer, um, but I dropped my guard. I was still dropping my guard um, and not dealing with my past. Uh, Hannah, and I worked to, Hannah and I worked together again that same, uh, those same weeks in 2015. Um, that was girls, adventure, and, um, and youth camp. And, uh, and then we confirmed in letters that we, we liked each other. So we weren't speaking it, but we did in, in letters. It was, yeah. So we continued to pray for and, and build our relationship uh, that way. Uh, when she moved to university, though, because I'm uh, five hours south and she's up in Brockville, uh, she moved to Aurelia to do her university, um, not because of me, but it was a great program. It was two hours closer, so it worked. It was good. It, it was, uh, yeah, a lot less of a travel. So we uh, set our first date and changed our friendship label to in a relationship that October. So that was, that was really cool. Uh, I went home after Silver Lake that, that 2015. So that's 2015 when we started dating. I also had gone um, back and was looking for a full-time job. And the reverend of my church, Paul Stewart, um, he invited me to work with him in sales and service. And for three years, I worked at the same place selling outdoor power equipment to uh, Mennonites and farmers. It, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I went to trade shows. I set up. I demonstrated all kinds of really uh, cool top equipment brands. And, uh, and the dealership I worked for was also the largest of three major dealers at the time uh, that sold this unique uh, Italian piece of equipment, um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. But as I neared that three-year mark uh, of working there, and Hannah and I were getting closer to uh, getting married, um, I was also losing my fulfillment in that job. I almost thought uh, for a while that my first real job out of high school would be the thing I do for the rest of my life, of course not giving the thing at Silver Lake enough credit. So, but in 2017, uh, before I was losing my fulfillment, uh, a Christian businessman and family man found me at work one day while he was selling advertisements. It, it was the craziest thing. Uh, he asked me to join the, he had, he had seen me, and I'm a smiley guy, so I'm, I'm a little uh, easy to talk to. Uh, and so he came over to me and he asked me to, to join this Christian uh, direct sales business called Life Leadership, selling personal, professional, and financial learning material. And I, I, I joined uh, I never sold a single book, <laughs> CD, program, ticket for the year I had the business, but um, I invited people out, and every time I just paid for their ticket, I was like, don't, don't, don't worry about it, God. I, I, I just didn't feel good making people do this. So, um, But it was incredible. I went to weekly meetings, um, monthly seminars, and four quarterly conventions in, uh, in the USA uh, to learn and grow in those areas. And to be honest, it was really a really essential time for, for Hannah and I. Uh, we were at that two to three year mark in our relationship, and I was, I was so stubborn that um, we might not have made it through had I had grown so, uh, grown so spiritually and emotionally through that business and mentorship. So uh, when I was feeling like getting out of both of those sales gigs again um, to make more money, I connected with a concrete forming company through my brother, and uh, as a concrete former, I gained more experience operating machinery and uh, technical skills to building and forming uh, concrete basements, additions, and repairs. I left the concrete forming job, though, in February 21, just before COVID, but as the union was taking over and the company, um, it would have taken months 
uh, to, to transition. Uh, it had chopped our hours down to a quarter of the normal work. Um, so I wasn't working. <laughs> Um, so for me, during all this time, um, as you said, I was at university um, in Aurelia studying social work. Um, and this was a really uh, unique experience for me. I was away from home um, and um, really just uh, digging up some stuff for myself. Um, I can't really say if it was something I've always struggled with and I didn't notice or if it just really came out in school. Um, but I started really struggling uh, with anxiety. Um, I uh, had my first panic attack. Terrifying. I really don't wish that on anybody. Um, but I had some really good people in my life helping me work through that. And a lot of my struggle was based on my performance, um, as well as other people's perception of me. So there's all this stuff going on, and um, I started really placing a ton of worth on school. Um, I worked so hard. I was super regimented. I had a plan for everything. I was always thinking about the next thing and planning for the next thing. Um, and while like it wasn't necessarily bad because it's good to be organized it was bad in the sense that it was taking up my life and it was taking up my worth um and i was so regimented to the point where kyle um only i only really let him see me like once per month because i was just so focused on school and doing everything um so yeah <laughs> and in all of this um i didn't say it earlier but kyle was my first relationship too so on top of all this school stuff and assignments and essays and all that stuff i was also trying to navigate um how to be in a relationship with somebody else, how to um, overcome different uh, barriers and things that we had to go through, different boundaries that we had to set. Um, so all of this working together, uh, I was a mess. Um, <laughs> and I really uh, lost sight of who I was in Christ again. Like I said, it just kept coming up. <laughs> um, and um, I was just so wrapped up in this world of school and doing well. Um, and I was still going to church, but I wasn't really plugged into the church I was at. Um, so yeah, I was really struggling. And then I graduated. Um, and that was really huge for me. Um, I, I hate, like, I don't want to say identity crisis, because it wasn't, I found feel a little dramatic saying it that way. But it was really hard for me. Um, I had spent my entire life in school. Um, I don't know how many years you're in school, 14, 15 years. It was a long time. So I've been in school this whole time, um, uh, teachers telling us what to do, when to do things, how to do things. Um, and I just really stuck onto that. <laughs> and um, I graduated, and I didn't have that anymore, this thing that I had built up so much in my life. Um, I didn't realize it was an idol for me until it was gone. Um, and I just felt empty. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. Um, I was so, so stressed. Um, I worked at camp that summer, and um, I was trying to, you know, put on a good front. I was like, okay, I'm good. Everything's fine. And then camp was over, and I didn't have anything. I didn't have a job. Um, I was living with my parents, which isn't bad, um, but I didn't, I didn't, not that I didn't want to live with them. I was five hours away from Kyle. And I was, I was lost. <laughs> there was a lot of things. Um, I probably applied to like 20 or 30 jobs. I don't even know how many interviews I was going to. And I was like, God, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do you want from me? Like, what, why can't I find a job? Why? Why? What's going on? I didn't know where I was going to live. I was looking for jobs at home. I was looking for jobs closer to Kyle. I was just, I was everywhere. Like, God, what do you want from me? Like, where am I supposed to go? And then I don't really know exactly how it happened. I don't know if it was just like I was at my rope. Like I don't, I don't remember a specific thing that triggered this in me, but um, I kind of came to this point where I was like, what am I doing? 
like, why am I so stressed about this? Why, like, it kind of just came crashing down. I don't know if it's a conversation. And I was just sitting there in my room, like, nobody really knew that this was happening in all of this, like, in all of my struggles. Like, nobody ever really knew <laughs> that I was going through these things. And I was just sitting in my room feeling so lost and so alone. I was like, God, what do you want from me? Um, what am I supposed to do? Um, and it was kind of around then that um, this passage from Colossians came. I'm not going to read it specifically, but it's the part where they're talking about putting off the old self and putting on the new self. And I had realized that I was holding on to that old self, that old, um, those old ways of being defined by other things, um, letting other things fill my life and stuff like that. And I was holding on to that. And I sort of had my new self on, but that old self was still there. So I had to let it go. Um, it was hard, and I'm not saying, I mean, I still struggle with those things and getting wrapped up in that sometimes as well, but I have to put it off and put on the new self, and that was a decision that I had to make every single day. It wasn't just like, I accepted Jesus when I was 14, and I'm good. No, <laughs> it wasn't how it worked, and it was kind of, it was really, um, it was a really hard time, and I kind of struggled working through those things, um, but about a week later, <laughs> I had two job offers. So God was like, there you go. That's what, that's what, <laughs> that's what you were waiting for. Um, so yeah, God really used that time of loneliness and that time of um, stress <laughs> uh, to show me that that's not what it's about. That's not what he wants for me. I am a child of God, and that's what defines me, not my grades, not my job, not any of those things. Um, it's like I said before recurring theme for me, eh? Um, <laughs> um, so that was, that was challenging. Um, so in all of this, in all this um, confusion and growth and all of those things, I had this guy, this handsome guy over here. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was patiently, mostly patiently, waiting to marry me. <laughs> um, if he had his way, he probably would have married me in my first year of university. Um, <laughs> um, but like I said, I was too wrapped up in school. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we started talking um, near the beginning of 2019 about what was next for us and um, where we were going next. Um, so Kyle proposed to me in October of 2019. Um, it was literally the perfect day. The weather was perfect. Um, the, like everything was perfect despite me almost finding the ring at my parents' house the night before. So, <laughs> um, so we're engaged. Uh, we were super excited. Um, and we knew that we wanted to start our marriage in missions. Um, I don't really know where that poll came from, but we, d we just knew it was what we wanted to do. And we were talking, do we go back to Nicaragua? Kyle had been to Chile a few years ago. So we were deciding where we were gonna go. And then it kind of hit us, we're like, what about Silver Lake? Why don't we go back to the place that brought us together in the first place, the place that was so formative in our faith? Um, so we agreed to take on the role of head counselors. Um, and if you've never worked at camp or been to camp before, what that meant for us is um, we were mentoring the counselors at camp as well as counseling children, our own children, him counseling boys, me counseling girls, on separate hills all week long away from each other a month after getting married. Um, <laughs> um, saying it now sounds a little crazy, but man, we were, we were so excited to take that on and to do that. So that's how we were going to start our marriage and missions. Um, local missions, see, that was another thing that I had to learn, too, is missions isn't 
always overseas missions is in your backyard. Every one of us is on a mission to spread the love of Jesus. So yeah, it was just kind of this little growth pattern for us as well together. Um, so amongst all this, we're engaged. We're supposed to be planning a wedding. Um, we weren't good at that. <laughs> we were not planners. We we're just like, oh, it'll work out. It's fine. Um, and our parents are kind of like, no, no, you need to plan. Um, <laughs> so we're starting to sort of get in the process of planning. But in January of 2020, I had just finished a contract job with the Salvation Army. Um, and sometime previously, Kyle's mom had offered me to live with them, um, uh, with him and his brothers, while we were planning the wedding so we could be closer together because my parents were five hours away. Um, but I was convinced <laughs> that I had to live on my own before marriage. I don't know where that idea came from, but I was so sure in it. I needed to live on my own. I needed to, even if it was just for a few months. Um, so I got this tiny apartment about 45 minutes away from Kyle, and I worked in a car factory. And uh, I am not made for car factories. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a hard job. Um, I have so much more respect for anyone who works in a factory. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was really hard. But also, living on my own was actually the loneliest I had ever been. I'd only, I only really did it for a month and a half, um, but I was so lonely, so alone. In college, I lived with roommates. I grew up with my family, um, so I had never really been alone. <laughs> and um, I was, I was, it was, it was a mess. <laughs> I was not happy. I was struggling. I couldn't really find a church um, that really suited me, and I was kind of getting back into that, like, lonely, like, God, what am I here for? Why did I want this so bad? Um, so I decided enough was enough. I don't like this job. I can't do it for five more months before we get married. I'm not happy in this apartment. So I accepted the invitation to live with Kyle's mom um, about mid-February of 2020. Everybody remembers what happened around that time. <laughs> um, so it was shortly before COVID was really here. Um, my landlord was really good about me moving out. So I moved in with Kyle's mom and I think about three days later, lockdown. So <laughs> I think um, God was really using that time for me and for his family. Um, that time living with his family, I think it was about three or four months before we got married, uh, God really used that time to heal and mend relationships um, with his mom and really just to get to know his family as well. Um, like I said, we were, we were pretty long distance the whole time, so I didn't really get to know his family as much just for holidays and stuff like that. So it was a really really cool time for me to be able to meet his family and really get to know them um, and immerse myself in that. And um, so much healing and came from that. And I came out of that experience with so much more respect and appreciation for Kyle's mom. Um, so yeah, as much as I had felt like I'd failed because I couldn't live on my own, God said, no, you are, you are made for community. You are, we are here to be together. Um, and he used that. He used that to grow and develop relationships. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that phase for me. I'll pass it back over to you. Yeah. And uh, so I was getting out of the concrete. And uh, Hannah was just leaving the, the factory. But I was like, oh, maybe I can do this for, for a couple months before we get married. So I went to the same car factory as Hannah was leaving. And I operated a forklift um, around the COVID lockdowns uh, before summer 2020. So I actually had just finished my forklift recertification uh, and worked one full week before they shut everything down. <laughs> uh, then I sat on my butt for a month and a half. 
It was a it was a crazy time. I uh, and Hannah had started back at A and W, um, and we had considered um, getting married before um, earlier, uh, earlier than uh, our set date, uh, later in 2020. And, but I was in the middle of changing my uh, last name. I had both my parents' last names hyphenated, um, so I was just dropping one of those before we got married. But I had filed the paperwork just before COVID as well. And uh, that dampened the process uh, of getting all that together. So we did our marriage counseling online. We got our marriage certificate over the phone. We did the drive-through paperwork, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. And um, yeah, by the time we had got the paperwork for my name change, we had kind of settled into um, just trusting that God had a plan for us. God had uh, had a plan for our set date. God had a plan, and we were just going to do it um, and uh, not cause ourselves any added anxiety to doing it earlier. So um, hoping uh, we would still have summer camps. Dave uh, Mason, the, the current executive director at Server Lake, had called us in May and uh, offered us the co-program director position for that summer. And um, he, we had no idea if we were going to have camps. We had no idea if we were going to be just doing lawn maintenance or painting buildings. Um, but we were like, I guess we don't have to be in separate cabins, so we joyfully accepted. <laughs> <laughs> we we joyfully accepted, uh, ready to take on the leadership and development after being so close behind uh, the last program director, uh, Kyle Berman. So, back to our wedding preparations a little bit, which started in 2019 lazily. Uh, we were considering venues. <laughs> uh, I had permission to use the land uh, my brother and I were renting on. Um, Ten acres of which was uh, used to be municipal park, so it was it was really nice. It had uh, mature willows and poplars, uh, cedars, and two ponds. So th there was also an old airplane hangar we could use for the reception, and we were set with a site by the lake uh, by the pond. Pardon me for our wedding service, and um, until COVID restrictions never let up into 2020, um, but we still had the wedding at the plant venue. Uh, at the in, in a much cozier space between the cedars, and it was beautiful. Uh, we were given food and desserts uh, from the Mennonites who hosted us, and it was an incredible day with uh, fireworks and 20 of our closest friends and families. Uh, I still have not seen the actual wedding dress uh, because Hannah couldn't get altered, and uh, we didn't have a crazy honeymoon. Uh, we basically got married, settled Hannah into our apartment, and moved to camp. Uh, at camp, uh, as program co-cord uh, directors, co-directors, we uh, stayed in the staff cottage all to ourselves, and we managed eight program staff for that summer. And uh, the day camp model for that summer uh, was two-day camp and a three-day camp, all in the same week with one day in between uh, to prepare and clean for the next. Uh, we had no idea if we were going to be busy. We didn't know if we were going to have 10 kids, 100 kids. Uh, we were just setting up and... <laughs> Ready for whoever showed up. Uh, sorry, not going to laugh too loud. Uh, we, we made every activity into stations. Um, everything had to be adjusted and COVID-friendly. And uh, we didn't have mask-off cohorts that first summer, um, so everything was a mask-on activity. It was intense. It was fun uh, making all the stations, rotations, cleaning buckets, and running different family activities. Um, and it was a busy and rewarding summer. We had over 300 campers uh, that first uh, COVID day camp summer. In all of this, while we were uh, navigating being a married couple, uh, celebrating our one month at camp, 
um, it was June 6th, we got married. Um, we were figuring out not only how to cohabitate, but also how to manage a group of staff and run these crazy camps um, like never before. So as Hannah said before, in our dating relationship, we were used to not seeing each other um, for a month at a time. Um, I think the longest we went was four to six months, um, and it was normal around busy school projects or work time uh, to not see each other for two months. Um, the most time we had spent together consecutively was a week. It, it was uh, getting married and fully submerged into uh, our first three months there. It, uh, it was an incredible time learning and growing. Um, but let me tell you, like our two to three year mark, our, our six to seven was, was difficult as well. Um, new things came up for me. Um, I came with bad experiences and, uh, and baggage from my childhood and youth. Um, but it's so incredible to have been blessed with a, with a faithful partner uh, who loves and sees through all that past. It's, it's really incredible. So bringing us up to now, after that summer, um, uh, we moved back to our shared apartment. We shared it with his brother. Um, very blessed. It was such a perfect place for us. Um, so Kyle ended up uh, getting a construction job building a custom project. And um, I ended up working at a daycare and before and after school program. Um, which is actually really helpful for us. So as Kyle said earlier, uh, day camps start at age four, and most often my experience is like age seven and up. So having that experience at the daycare and really learning um, how to transition into working with younger kids was actually super helpful for us to reflect on the past summer. Um, so in that fall, um, Dave Mason, the director at camp, uh, approached us in, uh, about an opportunity for a more permanent position at the lake. Um, at the time, it was a guaranteed six-month position, planning and developing camps, um, as well as taking on Camp Unlimited. Um, so Kyle and I accepted, and um, we were super excited. We were getting ready. Um, and by April of 2021, we were packing up the U-Haul um, and moving to camp. And um, by this point, uh, had transitioned to a full-year position at the lake. Um, so we are there full-time, all year round. It's super fun. Um, so that first few months, we were working on raising support for ourselves for the second half of the year and just kind of getting our bearings um, and really... This past year has been an absolute dream. Um, I meant to say it earlier, but I forgot. When I was a kid, I always said, I'm gonna live here someday. Um, and God said, yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, growing up, I, I, I went to school to be a social worker, but I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And people always asked, so I was like, you know, if I could just be a camp counselor all year round, I would do that. Um, and Basically, that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's truly a dream. Um, so we do a camp program. We can plan it, develop it. We work on staff training. Kyle helps a lot on the grounds um, and kind of like using all those skills that he had picked up through all of his jobs. Um, I'm working um, on some HR stuff and just developing stuff, so kind of using my skills that I've learned in school um, and other experiences in life. Um, and for us, it is just a huge testament for us um, to be at the place that was really so formative for us. You know, we had churches and youth groups and stuff, but camp is really the place where both of us kind of had that real experience and encounters, those encounters with God. Um, and yeah, so it is, it is super bittersweet to be back at camp. Um, and it's such a blessing for us uh, to be enriched by so many people around us, to be in an environment that is a Christian environment for work. Um, neither of us had really had that aside from working at camp before. 
Um, and it's literally the perfect place for us as we, as we navigate being married. You know, we've been married for almost two years now, but getting used to those relationships um, and all of those things together and just kind of building our faith together, it is such a blessing to be in the place that we are. Um, so all of this to say in all of the um, experiences, all of the hurts, all of the jobs, the lockdowns, all of the lessons that we have learned that God has taught us, the ways that God has used us, has just been building us and seasoning us for this very moment for us. Um, all the jobs, all of, it's all just so amazing how it's all come together for us. And we, are, we just, we are, we're nothing but blessed. <laughs> um, we just... We're so grateful for the place that God has brought us to, um, together in our experience. Um, and yeah, I just, I, that's all I can say. <laughs> to end it off is just to give it all back to God because um, we wouldn't be here without God. Um, and really, we're just so excited to be working at the ministry that had such an impact on us. Um, so if you have any other questions um, about us, about our story, or about camp, we will be at the booth outside. So thank you so much, Cornerstone, for listening to our story. Mm.